Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll be looking at the big four banks to see if these are the stocks that you can bank on moving forward. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering all of your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your questions. Now, for many years, the big four banks in the Australian stock market have been considered good defensive stocks. But in recent years, you would have had to ask yourself if this view has changed. To understand this, we need to look at what's transpired with the big four banks in recent years. Would it surprise you to know that all four banks have been trading down in price over the last five years, from 1 January 2015 to 31 December 2019? Now Westpac was the worst performer, down 26%, whilst NAB and ANZ were both down 23%. CBA was the best performer at, as it was only down around 6%. And whilst these figures do not include dividends, they do shed some light on why our market has not performed well over this period. Remember, these figures are five years to 31 December. And so if we consider the events of the past few weeks, their returns get worse. Given that the big four banks make up a significant weighting of the All Ordinaries Index, if they are falling, then the market will struggle to rise. Now this may explain why our market took until July 2019 to rise above the global financial crisis high set back in 2007. Given that the banks have been falling heavily, it is now most likely that they are trading below their intrinsic value. Now this begs the question as to whether now is the time to buy. To answer this, there are two factors to consider. Firstly, the market is very nervous as to whether the worst is over. So jumping into any stocks too early is high risk. Secondly, we need to be aware that the dividend yield of any stock increases as the price of the stock falls. Given the banks have been falling for a while, this means their dividend has only been getting better. So some investors are beginning to view the banks as an attractive investment. We also know that interest rates have fallen and therefore there's little to no benefit in holding cash. 
So right now the argument for buying banks is increasing because unlike other stocks, the banks have been falling for several years and eventually what goes down must go up, especially good quality stocks like banks. So while there may be further downside for these stocks, you could argue that the downside risk is low given how far and how long they've already fallen. On the flip side, the upside potential for growth long term is certainly there, especially when you add in an attractive dividend yield. My pick of the big four banks is Commonwealth Bank followed by Westpac. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Once again, it has been an interesting week on the Australian stock market as most stocks fell away. Although there were some highlights with the best performing sector being consumer staples, which was up over 1%, followed by utilities, which was just in the red. The material sector was the next best and was down just 3.6%. The energy sector was again the worst performer and has been for several weeks. It was down over 24%, followed by consumer discretionary, which was down around 21%, whilst information technology was down around 16%. Now looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, the best performers include Whitehaven Coal, which rose 8.76% last week. Spark Infrastructure, Osnet and Amcor were all up over 7%. Coles and Fortescue were also up rising just over 4%. Now the worst performing stocks for the week was Flight Centre and that was down 48%. Others that were down over 40% include Stockland, Challenger, Wally Parsons and Star Entertainment and Centre Group not being too far behind. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 or Laudanary's Index update for this week. We'll also get into answering your questions and looking at the stocks that you've chosen for me. I know I've said it before that uh, a week can be a long time in the market, but I think the last two to three weeks have really been longer. Just, I mean, try, try to imagine back to the, we were talking about bushfires and we, then we were talking about um, cyclones and floods in Australia. And it, that was only a month ago, roughly, uh, that we're talking about that. We had bushfire relief concerts as well. So the last few weeks have really have um, been, uh, uh, you know, one out of the box, a one in 100 year type of event, but the market, um, most people are very hypersensitive to the market, so they're looking at it every day. What's it doing? What's it doing? And uh, to me, I say to people, don't watch it every day. That's you know, you don't really need to watch that every day. I mean, obviously, you are concerned with your you know your superannuation and what's going on there, and a whole range of um, other factors around what's going on in the marketplace that may affect you financially. But again, you know, as I, I keep saying, you know, the, the effects of these, what happens with human behavior is that we overdo things, we overreact. And so the market is doing that because it's a product of our behavior. We drive the market, not the other way. So our fear and greed tends to drive the market. So we'll overreact and then it will come back. But let's go and have a look at the charts of the All Ordinaries Index right now, just to see where I think it's gonna go. And uh, looking at the chart again, this is the one of the normal charts that I do show you. Now last week, um, if I expand that up, you'll notice I was talking about this 5171 point area saying there was very strong support around 5171 points. And there was a great support there. Now, when I say that, and some people come out and go, well, it's fallen through your floor that you had. Well, I didn't say it was a floor. And this is where people hang on different words. All I said was there's strong support. Now, strong support doesn't mean it's going to stop there. So you can't, if I say it's going to go to 8,000 or 2,000, you can't say, well, Dale said it's going to go to those points. They're just points in time or price that I talk about. So I might say it's going to do this in the next couple of weeks. And they're points in time and price that I might talk about. 
but it doesn't mean it's going to make a higher low there. All it means is there's higher probability that something may happen at that point. So when I said 5171 point, I'm saying there's got strong support and there is strong support there or was strong support there. So it was more likely that it would find support there and if it didn't, uh, then it would go to the next support level. And that's just how trading works and, and obviously looking at the market works. Now going back to the chart, you can see that 517 points there and the market actually traded below that, closed at 4854 and traded down to 4768. Now the next level we can see there is 4671. That's the next level of support. The really strong support level of the market, if I keep going back, oh sorry, it's not on this chart, I'll go to the next chart. If I look at this, so there's, that level there but this is a really strong level 4500 5000 points is a very very strong level for our market because remember for years we couldn't get through that after the gfc if we go back on our market you can see that 5000 point level here um, which is around about this sort of level we struggled to get above above that for so long so it wouldn't surprise me if our market bounced in this week it wouldn't surprise me if it bounced last week actually simply because a lot of this overreaction ends generally ends pretty quickly and then starts to move up so it wouldn't surprise me if our market traded above that sort of 5,000 point level but we do need to make um, put it into our plan that it could go to 4,500. This this area here, and I'll show you in a second, this is the strongest level of support our market has, that 3644. That is the strongest level it has at this point in time. Now, will it, could it be different? Um, absolutely, it could be different. So if I go and click on here, it'll show you. To get right down to that level, there's another 25%. That would see our market go further than the GFC, further than the 87 crash. So at this point in time, I don't think that's really that will do that but hey anything's possible in this market as you can tell um, you know whilst we all have our good uh, or our analysis on the market and we think we know what it might do um, it's teaching us a hell of a lot of lessons and that's why I've, I was saying only a week or two ago when I did that live session if you think you've got the market pegged um, then the market's going to teach you another lesson and that's really what it's teaching us at the moment is just to be patient and I know a lot of people out there wanting to bottom pick and doing that, but right now just sit back on your hands, wait for the market to settle, wait for the dust to settle, um, and then there'll be some beautiful buying coming in because uh, the deep fall right now, and I'm pretty sure I said it a few weeks back, the further it falls right now, the bigger the run that's gonna come out of it and we can all profit from that. But let's go into the questions that we have for this week. Now the first question we have today is from Brad Hardy who says, hi Dale, what do you think about Afterpay? I bought at $27, obviously, before the drop. Now, companies having great results, um, profit and gaining popularity in other parts of the world. Obviously, uh, the share prices has been quite volatile over the last two years. Do you expect them to bounce back big over the next few months? Their share price keeps declining and keeps looking better to me. Now, um, obviously, Janine and I, during our live show, looked at this a couple of times when people were asking about should they be buying because it was falling away. Now, um, as I said, Janine, uh, and I did look at it quite a few times. And the point we kept saying to people is it's not proving it's going up, even before what happened over the last few weeks uh, of, of it declining further. But just because something does look cheap doesn't mean you need to be into that stock. Now, I'll just bring that up now on the screen here. So you can see Afterpay now, um, often what people did was they saw that huge, huge rise up through here on Afterpay and they saw that massive move and they go, well, it's dropping off a little bit through here and they thought they'd buy into it. It was dropping there and they thought they'd buy into it. Uh, you bought in at around $27, so you bought in at around here. 
and it still kept falling. So again, you're catching a falling knife at the moment. Now, yes, it has moved into offshore and obviously this whole buy now, pay later space has been booming throughout Australia, but you're not gonna get the same runs that you had before. Will it move up over the next two months? I don't know, I really don't know. And it would depend on the economy, depend on what people feel about spending money that they don't have obviously um, these buy now pay later ones I'm almost like I won't say they're payday loans but you know people go well I'll buy that now um, and I know I'm getting paid in a week's time or two weeks time and then I'll pay it back over a period of a month or two whatever that is so it'll be interesting to see how that works but we'd think if a lot of people aren't working casual workers aren't working um, whether they actually do do very well over the next few months or they keep declining but right now all I can see is doom and gloom matey no positive news at this point in time for you but and I probably won't have any positive news on afterpay for probably four to eight weeks once I see the dust settle and, and hopefully it does settle in that next four to eight weeks but let's move on to the next question we got this one's from Dominic who says hi Dale do you analyze individual companies profit and loss sheets to work out their net position and forecasts to calculate if a share or company is undervalued before purchasing or do you use analyze or you do you just analyze the chart pretty much 90 percent of what i do is analyzing charts mate it's very much technical analysis what i do i look at the charts tell me what they're doing i don't look at balance sheets as much as i don't really need to i look at their company reports their, their half yearly reports see what's going on we look at dividend eps yields uh, we do look at debt to equity ratios those sorts of things but balance sheets are for those people that are called accountants and uh, and they spit those figures out and have a good look at it i don't buy companies that aren't making money and that's one of the big things and we always buy companies that are paying dividends there's a couple of things but looking at how I analyze stocks um, fundamentally just buy my book mate that's all you need to do and you'll be able to see what I do in that book and then I apply a lot of technical analysis to it not that you see it on the charts that I have here um, I put almost no analysis on these charts uh, for you just to keep them nice and simple but thanks for the question the next question we got is from, I think it's Lessio. Um, if I said that right, please excuse me if I didn't, matey. Um, you, you not buying anything, you missed, you missed bounce back. Yields are above 10% at the moment for the banks. Yeah, the yields are up uh, high for the banks, but not buying anything, you're not necessarily missing out on the bounce back. What happens is in the market, it does move up and you might buy in on this little bounce back and then you might get another 30% fall. And that's why too many people get stuck and I could count calculate hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times that I've seen people buying thinking something's cheap only for it to fall another 10 20 30 50 percent right now don't buy that's really what I'm saying and I've been saying that for a couple of weeks sit out sit on your hands don't worry about it you're not going to miss the bounce um, when it does happen properly you'll get into it but I'd rather leave money on the table off the bottom then try and get in too early and get the falling knife and, and get my feet cut off pretty much. But thank you for the question. Um, ENS says, hi Dale, thanks for another great update. Is this what's referred to as a black, black swan event? Absolutely, this really is a black swan event. Normally when you get something like a, a virus or something like that, you know, everybody sort of goes, yep, yep. And uh, we'll get over it in a period of months, basically. I mean, obviously, we had the world flu pandemic um, in the last decade, and obviously, we've had SARS and a few others. So we were unprepared, and, and everybody was unprepared. And China really didn't let out what was going on. And obviously, Trump's come out in the last few days, week, um, you know, telling China, why didn't you tell us this was going to happen? And, uh, you know, we had the doomsayers coming out early. 
but often we don't listen to the doomsayers. But then we had the ultimate positive people on the other side of things, but everything swings between the two. But this is a black swan event, nothing that we could have predicted on the market or, or with the virus. But um, he says, coronavirus, oil price slump, coupled with algorithms, AI, ETF selling. I'm wondering if the second half of the year will see the benefits of the global stimulus package. That's my guess, matey. Um, we've got a lot of stimulus package with the US and, and obviously Australia and around the world. I think once we uh, get back to being a little bit more normal, I think obviously from what I'm hearing over the weekend from our prime minister is, uh, things we're going to be living differently for the next you know two to six months ish um, and from that point of view but I think everything's changing the world's changing how we work's going to be changing as well so there's a lot of positives going to come out of this as well but um, um, Ian saying perhaps a new buying signal could be uh, could be when we see toilet paper in the local supermarkets again I actually saw toilet paper in the supermarkets on the weekend matey so that could be a big sign so you might be right there um, Alex Ford, who's our next question, he says, Hi Dale, can you please cover Sydney Airport and Appen in the next video? They're both good quality companies that, that have significantly dropped in price. I feel the drop will be short-lived and, and they'll rebound once the coronavirus pandemic passes. You would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, Sydney Airport's probably not so much because obviously World Airlines are closed for quite a while. Um, I know, I think they're talking six months, they're not really, really flying now. Uh, and we're not allowed to fly for six months, so I can't see airports doing very, very well over that period of time now. Maybe they've got other things happening. There will be possible airlines going broke as well. But let's look at the chart off Sydney Airport. Again, that's hugely bearish. Um, yes, it was a good stock up until this high here. It's good at making money. I know they charge a lot for parking at the airport, but right now um, I wouldn't be buying any stock. Again, that's what I keep saying is don't buy stocks right now. Um, it is looking a little bit bearish. This is a reasonable sign here. It held up a push right down here on that weekly chart down to 444 and bounce, but I'd like to see some green bars and I'd like to see it stop, confirm to me it stopped falling below that point. But right now, um, not excited about Sydney Airport. I get asked a lot about Appen. Um, it's one of those stocks that people keep asking about, mainly because of this big move up here. And again, like Afterpay, we've had A2 Milk, we had Bellamy's last year, whole range of stocks that people see, they move up really, really fast. And then they think they're gonna do that again. You can see that 233%. What happened there is not going to happen generally into the future right now. It hasn't been as bearish as other stocks. And you can see there, if I take down, it's now 42%. So it is down quite heavily, but it's holding up reasonable. Uh, and this is a reasonable sign, but right now way too early at the moment to uh, get into this stock and, and sit back and wait. I just want to show a couple of people. I think that was the last question I actually do have, but I just want to click on and have a bit, little bit of a look at the banks just before I sign off to here. So I've got the big four banks. I did look at them last week, but I just want to show you here why I think that's Commonwealth Bank looks so much better than the rest of the banks. And again, it's holding up okay. Um, and it is paying a good dividend yield. So if you do want a bank and you're looking long-term, then this is my pick, as I said a little bit earlier in my report. Um, but looking at ANZ, look, it looked a lot sicker. You can see here, that was a big high back there. Um, it's falling for so long and it's not looking good here at all. Uh, Westpac again, not looking as, uh, is, is looking very, very bearish like ANZ, but looking a tiny little bit stronger through here. But I think Westpac and as I said, Combank, 
uh, my two picks at this point in time, mainly Combank at this stage. And obviously Macquarie, um, that's fallen a little bit, but that's been the darling bank for the last sort of four or five years. It's been going up. And NAB, again, looks quite terrible here. And you can see how far back its all-time high is. That's 2015 high, so you can see how far it's fallen. It's now fallen. There's the GFC low in 2019. Uh, sorry, 2009 at $15.08. You can see here how last week it fell to $14.57. So it's gone lower than it did in the GFC. So that's why I think this one's a bit sick. But then again, the dividend yields are getting higher um, at this point in time. But expect the dividend yields will get adjusted. They'll adjust them down because the banks will be late making less money. Um, so don't expect that if it's paying, for example, a 10% dividend yield today, that the dividend yield will not drop. If the banks are making less money, they're not going to pay as much dividend yield. But again, even if it goes to 5 or 6% and or, you know, let's say you're getting a 5% dividend yield and it doesn't fall too much more from where it is, that's still a, a much better bet than sitting in cash. And obviously you get the upside potential if, when the market does move up and move back into a new bull market, uh, which it will do eventually. It will do that. Uh, you stand a lot more chance to profit but thanks for sending in your questions and thanks for watching till the end of the video i do really do appreciate that thanks for putting all your comments on my videos too some people i think i'm not sure where you're coming from and a lot of your questions i know i couldn't answer everybody's questions there's so many coming onto my um, thing at the moment so please if i haven't answered you it's just because i'm there's just too many for me to answer um, and i am busy doing other things that i, I normally would do um, but if you do have a question you'd like me to answer them, just stick them below and I'll get to answering them uh, if I can. Now remember that here on this channel we do these reports every single Monday, every single week and we also do our live stream every Tuesday night 7 to 8pm so I look forward to seeing you on that as well. But hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it so that you know when we go up to date with our all our live shoots and also the videos we're putting up. But uh, I'm Dale Gillam. Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trade. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.